Today's episode is sponsored by SysPro. I'm going to interrupt this episode a little bit later to tell you all about them. You know, I'm just really frustrated. I don't know how to gain traction. I grew the business to pushing 4 million, and I just don't know how to break past it. Casey King is the visionary of West Ohio Tool Company, a family business in the tool cutting manufacturing industry. And she's now under contract with the likes of the United States Department of Defense and NASA. In this moment, she's describing she and her father during a difficult chapter where their business was stuck and their team hadn't found its way to a winning roster yet. Welcome to We Run on EOS, a podcast about game-changing moments in life and business. I'm your host, Pam Kosenke, professional EOS implementer and the head of revenue at EOS Worldwide. Casey's story is one of perseverance, courage, and fun. It's about the breakthroughs of female leadership in a male-dominated industry. And it's also about both the struggles and unique magic that can only exist in a family-run business. Casey takes us back to the inception of West Ohio, an idea that her father dreamed up and brought to life in the back of their garage with the help of her mom. I started in shipping. I was in high school. I was the summer slash outside of school delivery girl. So we had some some local accounts, one being Airstream, some being Amish cabinet shops that we did saw blades for and a variety of things. Uh, We also did homeowner tooling, so chainsaws and scissors and those types of things. Dad was determined if it could cut something, we could service it. After growing up in the business, Casey decided she wanted to go to college. Her parents were supportive encouraging her to go out into the real world so she could bring back value to the business when she was ready to return. After college and various jobs in banking, accounting firms, and Wendy's corporate, Casey found her way back to West Ohio Tool Company. And then I was pregnant with my first child, came back to my parents, I was super sick, was throwing up all the time, I was in the hospital getting rehydrated, I couldn't keep anything down, and I finally said, look, I can hardly go to work half the time. I'm going to get fired. Like, I've already got real world experience. You have to be far enough along where you need me, right? They're like, all right, come on. So that was January of 1998. So they reluctantly hired you. Sort of, yes, with a lot of begging. (laughs) (laughs) So you begged to work in the family business at the very end. You said, forget it. If I can't beat them, I'm going to join them. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Got it. So started in... You know, it's whatever. When you're a small business, you wear 13 different hats. Somebody calls, has a question, you deal with the customer, you enter an order, you pay a vendor, you go to shipping, you support mom and dad who are working at the machine. So we did that for a while. And once we finally got into industrial tool manufacturing, it was not uncommon to double the business every year. Like it really grew by leaps and bounds. My dad really believed you follow everything up hard, hot, and heavy. They say jump, you say how high if it's within reason, right? So he grew the business, grew the business. And then finally in, well, I was pregnant with my second child, had him in February of 2000. I was off a whopping two weeks. When Casey returned after her woefully short maternity leave, she was shocked to discover architectural plans for a brand new building for the company evidence of just how fast the business was growing and how quickly they were trying to move to keep up with the demand. We ended up uh, building during the year 2000. We moved in over Christmas of 2000 
And we've been here ever since. So we were kind of open for business January of 2001. Dad had the vision to grow basically the business significantly. So he had the groundwork, extra building built. So all of that is here and ready for us to expand into as we grew. So the stage was set for explosive growth. Fast fast forward to these moments where I know there was a kind of a game-changing moment in the life of the business and in your family that changed the direction of the company and also your entire world as a leader in yeah. the company. Yes. So we had a few very difficult days with a few individuals, some that actually ended up sending me home by choice to work. I said to my dad, I'm not going to tolerate the BS. Um, If people want to take me out, I'm going to give you a few options. You can buy me out. I'm going to go home to work. And he said, wait, hold on, hold on. I got to rewind. Sorry. (laughs) What is that feeling? What is that moment? What is the feeling? What is going on? Why is it happening? I don't know that I'll ever know to this day why it, it happened. How it feels is that women don't belong in a male industry. Women don't belong in cutting tools. There was just a lot of friction and frustration. And for whatever reason, I was caught in the crossfire and I was apparently blamed to be the problem. And so my dad did a lot of investigating and finally said, this has nothing to do with her. This is apparently a feeling you have about her. Despite this realization that the issue had nothing to do with Casey and was only about the person who was harboring these feelings about her, Casey went home to work remotely in 2016. But when 2019 brought health challenges to her family, it was time for Casey to shift her role in the business again. At the end of 2019, my dad has a stroke. And life as we knew it changed. And I said to him, you need to go home and enjoy every day you've been given. They were able to reverse all of the effects except for a little bit of memory. So there was a I guess I would call it a short-term memory glitch, but long-term, it was all there. I mean, he could reverberate stuff that had happened 10 and 20 years ago. And I said, you know, Dad, all the paralysis they were able to reverse, all the things, you really need to just go live. You need to go travel. You need to do whatever your heart's desired. And he said this, don't you dare put me out to pasture. Mm. And I said, okay, that's not how I view it. We have a cattle farm. And our moms and our girls that are in the pasture still have to earn their way. But it's up to you to figure out what that looks like. Are you going to be a consultant from a historical standpoint? Are you going to be, what's your role? It doesn't need to be sitting in a chair. I took those few years and went home to work. Let's flip flop. You can go home. You can call in. You can call me from Florida. You can call me from wherever you are. We'll give you the rundown. We'll call you if we have questions. and. It took some time. It really, I mean, I think from somebody who was a visionary who carved it out of stone to walk out the door and not sure what it looked like, his role was very difficult. And then he would say his brain had been scrambled from the stroke. So I think there was some processing issues and it just found it very difficult to find his place, much like I found myself in 2016 or 17. And At that point, we said, okay, as a fam, where do we go from here? What does this look like? So you have had been pushed out of the company. You're working from home and your dad has a stroke. And now you want to trade places with him and go back into the toxic work environment 
to try to fight your way through and, and frankly, carry on the torch and the legacy that your dad had created. Is this something that you felt compelled to do for your dad? Or was this something that was also like, you know what, you're not going to beat me kind of thing. I'm going to prove that I know what I'm doing and I can take this thing to the next level. Or was it a mix of both? I think it was both. Okay. It was a both for okay. sure. But standing there in that moment, I didn't know how. I think as humans, we get so caught up in the how, right? Like, what does it look like? <laughs> how is this possible? Is it even possible? All the things. And one day after the stroke, he was back home. He said to a friend on the phone in the same industry, in the cutting tool industry, he said, you know, I'm just really frustrated. I don't know how to gain traction. I grew the business to pushing $4 million. We keep doing this yo-yo thing in between a top and a bottom ceiling. And I just don't know how to break past it. And the guy said, oh, you mentioned the word traction. You don't know how to get traction. You need to read a book called Traction. And it's all about something called EOS. As much as it sounds so stupid, but the universe brought us to this point. We're here. We're kind of at this why in the road. This dropped in our lap. We would be really stupid to not read it and see if this takes us to the next leg, right? Casey, I got to tell you that this phrase of the universe brought us traction or EOS at the right moment. I, I can't even tell you how many times people say that. So it does feel like some sort of divine intervention. We, we call it an intervention program to some degree. So <laughs> it's fallen in your lap. You're taking it on. You're bringing it in. What happens next? How did you start to just take this and go? So we started to listen on it on Audible, and there were so many aha moments. Like I was like, I found myself calling my dad in Florida saying, "Did have you listened to this part? This is exactly where we are. Have you like, and I would look at my husband and be like, yes. And he's like, are you good? I'm like, I'm good. But this is like, <laughs> this is where we are. This is, this feels like hope and a way out. Like not only a way out of major problems we had, but a way to grow and to finally help make reality what, what dad had always visioned. At that point, I said, okay, what does this look like? If I'm going to be the visionary, I can't be the visionary in the integrator. And at one point said to my husband, I, I feel this calling that you need to come with me. He was ironically the first person my dad ever offered a job to. And his exact words were, I don't work for family. That was Oh, wow. 20 years ago or more. And I said, but you're so good with people. And my dad said, yes, he is. I've seen people eat out of his hand when nobody else can get people to be reasonable or talk or have a conversation. My husband this whole time is also giving input, right? Like, this is what you should do next. And I finally say, shut up or put up. Finally, February 3rd or 5th, something, we bring my husband in just not knowing for sure what his role would be, but I need help. With the book Traction in hand, Casey set out to make sense of the leadership roles. At this point, she was still in the finance seat as CFO. She was clear about stepping into the visionary role, but the integrator role was still blurry in her mind. And it would take a global pandemic to push her to seek out even more help and bring in an EOS implementer. So six, weeks later. You have any idea what happens next? The world shuts down. We have a global <laughs> COVID. pandemic. I've never actively 
managed a business and I was scared out of my mind. I was like, I've watched my dad do this. My dad never had any of these. Yes, he had a lot of challenges, but how does automotive, our biggest industry, shut down for eight to 10 weeks? How do we not lay our employees off and expect them to come back? It's skilled labor. I don't need a warm body. I need people with knowledge. And thankfully, we had saved the cash flow to pay everyone on our team, roughly 16 to 18 people, five weeks to stay home as we tried to figure it out. And I believe what EOS, your guys' annual EOS conference is in April, maybe? Yes. And during this time, I had Googled a local implementer and I found Alex and a few other people. And I remember reaching out to Alex's assistant, Becky, and and she was so kind. She would follow up with me and I'd be like, oh, you know, we're juggling my dad's medical stuff and COVID. And I'm not sure if this is the right time. And we don't, we don't know. But when we figure it out, we'll let you know. Okay. And she would just kindly follow up. Then we watched this EOS conference and, and Alex, I was like, oh my gosh, all the jokes he's making, all the humor, all the, he's our, he's our guy. When Casey says Alex's humor and comedic abilities were a big selling point, she wasn't making that up. I'm Alex Freitag, and I'm an expert EOS implementer. And a former comedian. Well, it's all like the path is interesting because I did the LA thing and for less than a year, but it was improv comedy, you know, on stage just with almost like uh, whose line is it? Yeah, yeah. Where they yeah. give you they give you a couple of things and you just kind of go. Well, let's let's get right to it. I mean, Alex, Casey says she hired you for your jokes, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was it was a tough year with COVID and and uh, the, the filter wasn't uh, wasn't on tight I guess when we were doing the conference so I I had had some fun and it, it resonated with her so she, she she did share that that was uh, part of the reason she in touch with me so that was fun talk a little bit about that Alex like why is having so having fun why was that so important to her and to the in this particular moment of her of the growth of the company. Why was that so attractive? I don't know the exact answer, Pam. I'm thinking, you know, the family side, like her father founded the business in 89 and, and really ran the business sort of a, uh, you know, just a small 15 person little shop. And I think it became very difficult. And so she wasn't having fun. And I think she saw like, if we're going to do this, we're going to run on EOS, let's do it with somebody where we kind of, learn, but also laugh and, and keep it light. It's going to be tough. I said, this is going to be tough. It's going to be a slog based on what you shared with me, Casey, uh, in terms of, you know, whether these folks are the right folks and if this is going to be the team that gets you to the next level. So, you know, I, as you know, with, as an implementer, we're kind of doing improv all the time and, uh, it's, it's somewhat of a stage with a whiteboard. And so I like to have fun and, but also be very productive in the, in the day. So yeah, there's, there's moments in the, in the, in the growth curve where you're either laughing or crying and, you know, <laughs> that's true. and so you, <laughs> you gotta have somebody who's helping to get right. some, uh, some humor in the room, right? Exactly. Right. And, and if you're laughing so hard that you're crying, it's even, it's even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just combine them. I, I'm that's a right. big and person, so that's great. Uh, so how do you think, like, just talk a little bit about how fun having fun and bringing some levity to some of these hard choices and to business in general has helped shape the culture or changed uh, the leadership team moves and ultimately the company and the culture specifically under Casey's leadership. Yeah. It, 
I mean, first of all, Casey is a fantastic coachable client. Like she just sort of listened and because we, we know the process works and she, you know, and Ray and the team gave me blind faith to, to do the things that we were talking about, to, to uh, you know, set up the VTO that way and have these core values and all the different pieces that we did. And, and so because we were following the bouncing ball, it, it was, it allowed us the freedom to kind of, to have some fun and keep it light uh, while we're, while we're doing it. And so the, and, and I, the cool thing about as an implementer, I know where we're headed, like generally, and, uh, and, and the, the different milestones that, that are gonna, that we're gonna have to hit to get through there. With Alex's help, Casey came to the realization that she was the best fit for the visionary role, not her father. But as she got clearer in the role, the other leadership positions evolved as well. Having a virtual assistant who is trained on EOS can help you get unstuck as a visionary or an integrator. As the EOS preferred assistant service provider, AssistPro can help you with a right fit assistant, matching your personality and communication style. Get the $25 an hour work off your plate and give it to an assistant who truly understands EOS. Visit assistpro.com and learn how their right fit assistance can be the right move for you. So certainly Casey was coming into a position where, you know, frankly, a male dominated industry, yeah. male dominated culture and her dad's legacy. She was coming in without some of the maybe street cred that you would, you know, would love to have coming into a situation like this. There was some angst. There was some reservation. There was a little bit of like, um, you know, playing house and going through the motions, right. as you discussed. and. There was a lot of change on the leadership team. Uh, a couple of people who yeah. left, but there was a one moment where she had to make this game-changing decision to ask a leadership team member to leave. And I just want to have you talk a little bit about that moment and what was happening there. Yeah, it, well, the conversations happened several times over a period of maybe 18 months where We'd get into some, um, I guess, tension, if you will. And, you know, we'd do some check-in calls and then she'd say, we had that kind of tough conversation with so-and-so and he's, he's no longer here. And she, she would use the, the tools like the, the seat, you know, this is the seat. This is how much it pays. This is what the expectations are of the seat. Do you want it? You know, and, and, um, and so the, the folks who eventually turned turned over in the business really had to do some soul searching as to whether they truly wanted to play the game. And, um, and so a few of them played the game longer than others. And, and so it was just a, um, she was doing the hard work. She did all the work. <laughs> I mean, we just kind of set up the, the environment for her to have those difficult conversations. And it was, it was not, you know, the idea to, to try to get rid of everybody. The idea was to try to really challenge people to step into what their potential is and what the potential of the company is and what the company needs. So it was like the greater good conversation. So she had to have that repeatedly. And uh, she has a completely new leadership team from when we started, uh, which was in 2020. And um, so it, it's tough. It is very tough. It's emotional. And the culture had to shift from what it was prior to Casey taking the reins to, to what she and Ray wanted to, to do at West Ohio. You said a phrase, she was simply doing the hard work to help people step into their potential for the greater good of the company. 
I, I love that. I, it's like create the opening, allow people to go through it, decide to get on or off the bus, but it is a choice, right? Yeah. It is a choice. She's just setting the expectations very clearly. What does that say about Casey's leadership to you and how she transformed as a leader kind of with, uh, under your uh, under your eye as you're yeah. as you're literally witnessing and observing this over time? She became courageous, uh, it, or more courageous, I should say, uh, because I think she had tools. She had the language to challenge people in a loving way, you know, to to say this is what the company needs and this is what we can do. Try to give them a a vision of where uh, she sees the company going. And like t- to your point, Pam, just asking them, do you want to do you want to help us get there? And this is what it would take. So, we, so there's more, a lot more clarity in the simplification of what. You know, the tools brought certainly us tools brought uh but then she her confidence in, increased dramatically over the time we worked together and uh conviction that what she was doing she was making the right choices and doing it in a very loving way for casey leaning into her new role as visionary and working with a new leadership team required her to revisit the vision of the company the theme of fun that Alex discussed would prove to be a pivotal pillar of the new team culture Casey would create. It was this process of having to navigate what's a new vision look like from my perspective as stepping into the visionary role. Who are the team members I can trust to bring along? In fact, one of the questions that was sent to me prior to today uh, about company culture, why is that important? My dad used to explain the boat. If everybody's rowing the same way, we can all get so much farther, so much quicker. And I went on a field trip with my son to a Montessori school, and there were two city kids that had never been canoeing. And this canoe's like in the river doing nothing but kind of going in around in a circle. And that's how I felt until the right people are finally settling. The wrong people are getting off, and the right people are coming in. And then it... it, (laughs) It became a very slow boat at first, and then almost feeling like we're starting to groom into this really amazing rowing team, stroke by stroke. Wow. And so so you're in this position of a newly defined, completely recreated leadership team. Yeah. You busted, you got kicked out, you busted back through, you kicked your dad out. You brought on a new system. You changed over the entire leadership team. Yeah. And you're saying, this is my ship. This I'm, you're the one driving this bus, right? And you're on or off of it. And so I just tell me a little bit about the humor side of things. Cause <laughs> at some point you're laughing or you're crying oh, and I need both. through entrepreneurial uh, ceilings. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what that humor is for you and your style. What does it mean to the culture? Oh, I really love to have fun. We did play a lot of pranks on each other over time, but I think as things got toxic, some of all that kind of stuff went away, right? And one of the things that Alex suggested to us was to bring this fun piece back. If you have company challenges and if you meet the goal, whatever you establish the goal to be, you go do something together as a group to A, improve company culture, but to also have a good time. So we've done a variety of challenges, taking our entire team to top golf, shutting down for an entire day, uh, doing skeet shooting, bowling. It's just been a big variety of things. So to kind of turn that, I don't know, hateful side of the culture that was happening 
into kind of more of a, hey, we all spend a lot of time together. And if we're not having a good time doing it, we might as well not be doing it. Right. And I spend a lot of hours doing what I do. So let's just every now and again, go let our hair down and go do that. So uh, my next target is this target literally being painted on the floor. Uh, Blake Shelton has a new show called Barmageddon. And they take, I don't know, 55-gallon drums on these rollers, these um, almost like trays. You set the 55-gallon drum in, and then they take like a huge janitorial broom, and they like they have a, like a starting line. It's almost like shuffleboard or something. And you push this 55-gallon drum out onto this target, and I'm like, that's our next thing. We're painting that for a Christmas party. I'm sure of it. So. Well, sorry. Is this a, like a, a curling? Because I'm in Minnesota. Is this yes, like curling yes. with a giant barrel of something? With a, oh my with god! Fifty-five gallon drum for sure. And you push them okay. around on like wheels with this janitorial broom. As Casey brought fun back into the culture and cultivated her leadership team, she has found traction. Today, she holds the visionary seat. Her daughter has taken over the finance and accounting role, and her husband holds the integrator role. They also added a non-family member to their team whose 20 plus years of experience in the cutting tool business of aerospace has helped them bring their productive performance to the next level. Pruning her leadership team to become a well-oiled machine was full of challenging steps, but Casey says getting the right people in the right seats is finally helping them realize the vision for the business that her father dreamed up all those years ago. You know, the crazy thing is he did see it. So he took the business to just under 4 million and we keep saying we're going to 10 and we have been seeing it for a very long time. However, um, we now fully believe getting into department of defense work is going to be a game changer. So we were solely automotive, uh, supplier diversity has become such a big deal. I do believe that become woman owned will be a big piece of the growth. I also believe uh, just being at the right place at the right time, getting hooked up with the right guy who helped us get into Department of Defense work, it's it's already a game changer. We've gotten our first shipment to a, a company called Northrop Grumman. They make the stealth bomber, but they also have several divisions. And our order came from Space Systems. So that order's already been shipped. And uh, we have our first order for NASA. So... All right. Hold on. Hold on a second. So Casey, you went from begging to be in the business, to being kicked out of the business, to being back in and leading the ship, putting your bright people. And now you have a contract with NASA. We do. (laughs) What a badge of pride uh, to know that you had that vision and could get there. And, and I, and it didn't come on, you know, you you didn't fall into this. It's kind of, I know you you talked about luck, but this is intentional. You're building this thing, yeah. certainly with a system in mind, yeah. but you're making very, very intentional decisions. Take me through some of those game-changing decisions, game-changing moves, whether it's a person move, whether it's a process move. Tell me about something that felt hard, but truly liberating for the growth of your company. The hardest part was opening the door for the last leadership team member to leave. He was an engineer. Mm-hmm. He was um, previously worked for a customer. He had a lot of information from being here for 10 years. He was the only one I was forced to let go. The other two self-selected out. 
I don't like letting people go because I'm messing with their income, their daily life, their living. But I had to say to myself, and I really leaned on Alex hard during these days. <sighs> oh, I knew deep down for the, the sake of the company, it had to be done. But it was no easy feat. And he said, Casey, you've had conversation. You've given people the choice. You've showed them the new path. You've established core values. You've had quarterly conversations. You're kind of at a monumental point. There's a Y in the road and you can turn right and keep circling and circling and circling. And we can go down this path forever. Or at some point you can choose to move forward. And we think we all know what the right decision is. But until the decision's made, we're going to still be discussing at every quarterly meeting, like, do you want to keep doing this? No, I'm very practical. I don't love paying to waste people's time, including my own and his. And I wasn't making those changes because I was paying Alex, but I knew, oh my gosh, I could like choose to move forward and step into my power, or I could choose to be stuck, which is creating all of these problems and we never get done talking about them because it's the wrong person on the wrong bus and ultimately didn't have total alignment with us. And there was a bit of some scary times with two of our biggest customers. What would they think about me? And one vocalized it. One said, what are you doing? I don't even know if I can trust you guys. You've let all these people with all this knowledge and all this long-term history allow to either walk or you ask them to walk. And and we had a lot of intense conversation with customers explaining why changes were made, that we felt we had a phenomenal production manager who made tooling better than the guy that was in charge the previous six or eight years. And at one point he said, I don't know what's happening, but you're on limited time to prove yourself. And I was sweating bullets. I read an article in Inc. Magazine recently that talked about the biggest way to grow your business is as a leadership team or as an owner to do some really scary, hard thing every year. And I think because COVID was so scary from an ownership perspective and how am I going to pay these people and all of our incomes down and I've lost a million bucks and how... How do I keep people from going home and never coming back? It was a very hard game of poker. We played one card at a time to figure out whether it was with the customer or with the employee or team member, what was going to be the ramification. And we knew in our heart this was the right card to play. And then we'd have to kind of sit and wait it out to see what was next. In 2001, we started implementing different measurement metrics, just like our scorecard. And as we started doing them, I was like, oh my gosh, like these numbers are really bad, like really bad. And decided just to kind of set it aside and keep plugging away at all the numbers and all the scorecards and realized that by the end of 2021 and beginning of 2022, even though we weren't fully out of the pandemic, Automotive was still having massive supply chain issues, chip shortages, all the problems that attributed to what should have been decreased sales. Our sales were growing. And then as we're measuring these metrics, we're realizing we've taken like quotes to orders, like that's improved 
6,400% since we stepped in to manage. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. This is like 6,400% better. So the data, the data set you free. So the data started to prove that you are making the right changes and it yes. matters. And then we started looking at this and oh my gosh, when the old management team was leading, they only had X number of customers and we've already doubled or tripled that. And we have double or triple the number of customers that we've already quoted and we're winning more jobs. And, and then it almost became to our team, okay, I know in EOS, we have to focus on issues. That's how we solve them. We don't keep coming back to the same thing, but let's start keeping track of a win list. Let's start celebrating as a team. We've trudged through some really hard crap. Let's, let's start celebrating all these things that we're now seeing. Like we're a totally different team. Lockheed Martin found us and requested a quote. We weren't even active in the governmental system yet. And I would text my guy and say, how are they finding us? He's like, Casey, this is a really amazing omen. I don't know how they're finding you either. Like we've never had quotes from them. So it just, it became this process of moving people, letting somebody go, moving them to a different seat. So we're compounding <laughs> successful effects of all the moves that yes. you're making. You're building some leadership muscles here mm. that maybe you don't even realize that you are and becoming almost this master of leadership and management. Just kind of name a couple things. If you had to reflect back on who you are now mm. versus who you were then, what's changed? A lot. <laughs> A lot, a lot. And it's it's interesting that you say I'm developing muscle. I probably didn't realize I was developing. I think trudging through all this stuff, it just, I saw the next thing that needed fixed. And I just totally approached it from that standpoint. And then you kind of get, it's like walking up a mountain, right? You're climbing, 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 climbing. You get partway, halfway up and you turn around and you're like, whew. I can't believe how far I've come. And um, I really think EOS slash the book of traction became this toolbox full of tools we had been searching for for a long time. I just, it, it became my side pocket to rely on that I knew what we needed to do and what needed to be done. It, I guess, in some way gave me the power to step back into my own power, my own self. So you've, you, so you found, you found a, some of this conviction as a yeah. leader and some of the strength as a leader. There's Just, so much freedom. I can't even explain it. There was so much daily turmoil the first year or two we were in the business and we did nothing but talk about it, take it home at night, think about it all weekend. It was very heavy. It was always weighing on us. But now we, for the first, I feel like really have our evenings back. Um, I don't, it, I don't have that heavy load to carry. I feel so humbled that when I look back, it it really was about the people and the processes. Casey, you're a visionary now. You're taking this company to the next level. You've got a NASA contract now. Mm -hmm. You're in new industries. You're you're scaling and growing. You're creating a rocket ship, a fun one, by the way. The, uh, one that loves to celebrate. What's next? Um, I see 20 million. That prior to DOD, prior to the right people, prior to 
we felt it, could see it, could taste it, but we were sitting at the, how do we do it? And now it finally feels possible. We've grown customers from when we stepped in early 2020, we had customers in 10 states. We currently are at 29. So my goal is all 50. I believe there are people that need what we have and what we can offer. And it's 20 million. It's having 10-year contracts with Department of Defense. It's keeping the other, what I call commercial side of the business alive and really creating this network of people who love to have fun, who want to make an impact. The more people that we can help solve their problem and help them do what they do, the more people find us. I have really turned also very passionate. It's kind of crazy. People ask me if I'm a feminist and I I don't feel like I am in any stretch of the word. I feel like it's truly the right person that deserves to sit in that seat. But I think because I have battled so many men on my back carrying a heavy load this whole way, I have somehow been drawn to helping women along the way. And I believe there's a level of support sometimes with women that we can probably identify with each other a little better. Um, But to really be there and to create that network for women that are in manufacturing, um, I've headed off really well with the Department of Defense account that we have that's in Colorado, and she's in aerospace, and she's in charge of the tool room, and she's absolutely amazing. (laughs) And I just adore her, but it's finding people like that along the way. I'm certainly not anti-men. To have a man who understands what a woman has to battle in this industry and still be your allies worth hanging on to. And we have lots of them. So Yeah, Casey, you do not have to apologize for being a feminist. It's actually, <laughs> it just simply means that you that you support the growth and, and yeah. equality uh, for women. Yeah. And I will tell you, Casey, you have proven oh. in spades upon spades upon spades upon spades and have become a masterful leader and expert at your craft. And I bet that anybody in your company would say that and sing your praises given the type of growth that you've experienced. Thank you. So congratulations. Thank you. We're hoping at the end of 2023, if if we haven't totally doubled, we'll be so damn close. But 2020 sales, first year we step back in to what 2023 sales are looking like, we think we may be double. So how are you going to celebrate? You've got to be doing something fun. What are you going to do to celebrate? <laughs> I haven't even thought about it, but we're at May. So I better get to thinking about it. For- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an issue for the issues list. Yes, for sure. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, anything else, Casey, that you'd love to share uh, with our audience about your experience or a lesson learned or just something that from your heart that you want to just share with the, with the entrepreneurs of the world going through the same type of battles? Follow your gut. It's never steered me wrong. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's coming from a heart space, not a head space, but it's, it just should always be listened to because I believe deep down, we know what the next step is and find somebody like Alex that you can trust. And, and he was a godsend of an implementer for us. We know we saved a lot of time by hiring him, but I feel like everybody deserves that sounding board, maybe a neutral somebody outside the business that can really hear and understand and carve out a new path and show us the way and show us the tools that ultimately was us to bring up the issues and be willing to resolve them. But life gets pretty damn magical when the right people are in the right seat on the right bus. (laughs) 
If Casey's story of navigating the dynamics of a family business and finding success resonated with you, check out the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It might just be the playbook you've been missing. Follow We Run On EOS on your favorite podcast app to make sure you catch every episode. I'm Pam Kosenke, and I'll be back with more strategies and success stories from teams running on EOS. Thanks for listening.